All right, so we are we are recording. I'm sitting here with uh, Scott Walton. Hi. And you know, realize last week you introduced me, and now I'm reciprocating. That's what we do. We're, I'm a giver. You are. Hashtag. And then sitting here with Doug Boyette. Hi, Doug. Thanks for having me. He looks like uh, he looks nervous. He, yeah, he's got his notepad. He's got his notepad. Do I got you need a notepad. Do you need a pen for your notepad? I got a pen if I need it. Okay. Don't worry about my, <laughs> he's always worried about my notepad. He's an attorney. He's always ready. He is. All right. So keeping true with our reality real estate podcast theme here, we decided to bring in a North Carolina real estate attorney this week um, because we all need attorneys. What was that? Sorry. Uh, we all need attorneys in our life. So Scott and I wanted to get him in here. Um, full disclosure. I'm sure he'll give you uh, some sort of. This nothing is legal advice that I'm saying today. Yeah, so, no, no representation. Uh, don't, don't rely on it. Uh, if, if you if you need an attorney, please come see me, and I'll give you legal that, advice at that point. You can pay me for for it. a yeah. small fee. Yeah, That's right. yeah. yeah. So Doug is uh, our preferred attorney at my my team that I run here in Raleigh. He handles majority closings for us. Does an awesome job. We've been working together for what a year? About a year. A yeah. year. The best year of your life. Best year of my life. Yeah. God. Wow. What a great just, endorsement yeah. for Carolina Elite Realty Group. That was awkward. All right. Well, Scott, your turn. Yeah. Ask some questions. So welcome, Doug. Let's, Thank you. Let's hear your story. Start from when you're a wee little attorney. Okay. So, yeah, we're going to start there, I guess. <laughs> no, we don't have to. No, uh, how did you get into practicing law, though? Um, well, I'm, uh, I graduated in 2007 from NC State, and if you recall oh, that, that – uh, that era was kind of a, a tough, tough run for everybody yeah. that was coming out of college. So, um, I worked a few years and then I went to work for a law firm and went to law school. Nice. So then I, uh, out of law school, I, I, I joined Brian Brady. It's, uh, the other, well, we have three partners now, uh, Brian Brady, me and Katie King is our, our latest newest partner. And she actually heads up our residential real estate. She's great. Um, great asset for any any realtors out there that want to uh, get some insight, get some legal advice, get advice before they go under contract with their buyer or seller, or um, just in, in getting prepared to to get somebody under a listing agreement or buyer's agency agreement, anything like that. She'd be a great great person to talk to. But uh, Brian and I worked together for about four years before we partnered up, and uh, Brian basically started kind of a grassroots just doing residential real estate closings back when you didn't make a whole lot of money yeah. doing residential real estate closings you made you know four or five hundred dollars per closing uh but he grew a business and grew uh, a pretty good network of realtors that that relied on him and he's kind of taken he's more of a managerial role at this point but uh with katie taking over as the head of residential real estate but uh yeah so we just uh we both kind of put our nose to the grindstone and uh, just hit the pavement and, and got our business up and running. Nice. Are you born and raised here from North Carolina? I grew up, yeah, in North Carolina. I grew yeah. up in Rocky Mount. Uh, oh. Do you right. know where that is? I do. Where? It's uh, that way. <laughs> Somewhere <laughs> off 95. Yeah. You see the no. signs. Yeah. No, it's east, isn't it? What's Rocky Mountain known for? Mr. Uh, North Carolina? Doug Boyette. Oh. Right? Oh. I, I don't know what... what is that Coca-Cola or Pepsi or one of Pepsi would be New Bern, my hometown. Oh. I, I was close. No. Oh. Rocky Mountain and New Bern are about, about an hour. Isn't the baseball team <laughs> their baseball team in Rocky Mount? Same I, state. North Carolina Westland? Yeah, Westland. Boom. There. Yeah. What's that? 
a college. Oh. But Hardy's. Hardy's? Hardy's was headquartered in Rocky Mount for a long time. I didn't know that. Oh, wow. That's the same as... Carl's Jr.? Carl's Jr. Because yeah. I'm West Coast, so it's called Carl's are Jr. They, out there. Are they truly the same? Yeah. I mean, Same menu? I don't know. I don't eat there frequently, so I don't know. I don't know. know if they're the same. I think they are. Who's Carl? Junior? No, just Carl. I don't is know. He, is I it, don't know senior or junior. Was it Carl Hardy, the guy that invented Hardy's? I don't know where that came from, honestly, the, the difference. I know that Hardy's moved their headquarters out to California for God knows what reason, but yeah. pay more taxes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they probably got bought out and it went to it. The... I, we need a fact finder. We need someone in that other chair right there to fact check stuff like this. When we go off on tangents. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And go and go. So where are we at? So Doug, <laughs> that's, where, that's where we're at. So you're from Rocky. No, Rocky, Mount. Rocky Mount. Okay. And you've been here your whole life. I've been in at, uh, in Raleigh most of my life. Wow. You know, I went to NC State and moved to Charlotte for a couple of years and then moved back. Nice. So. You're fr- you're born and raised in North Carolina, too. I'm one of the few, me and Doug, holding it down. Wow. I was born in, so east of 95, Newburgh, North Carolina. I didn't ask where you were born from. It, it, was, was, a, a it was a nice day, May 24th. A little rainy. Nice. I was born. Okay. So you're, you're up on questions now. Me? All right. Yeah. So, well, let's do this. Since he came with his yellow pad, let's uh, figure out what, what topics do you have, Doug? Wait, I got a topic now. Okay. Something just came to my mind. Sure. Technology mm. and closings. So there was the time during COVID where everything was electronic and now we're kind of back. And I know some lenders do half hybrid type closings. Where do you see the technology in your space going to make closings easier and quicker? Well, um, I mean hear about this all the time we know uh remote online notarization is is has been passed it's not been implemented yet in north carolina but uh, it exists in other states Mm -hmm. it existed for a temporary um period during covid um but in in next year i guess july 1st i believe it is 2023 is when it's officially rolling out in north carolina um i don't anticipate that all the the lenders and all the attorneys are going to get on the same page before then and Mm -hmm you know, hit the, hit the ground running as soon as July 1st comes around. Typically we see, you know, the technology changes, it's there, then the laws get there and then the banks and everybody, uh, the other, uh, industries get there. Um, so while it'll be legal to, to, uh, to notarize online, um, we don't know exactly what it's going to look like yet. Yeah. Uh, it'll be some form of, there'll, there'll be a, a uh, handful of companies that are approved to uh, offer the service. I'm sure things like DocuSign or they're going to be players that are trying to get in, into that space. Is that more going to be like video type? Be, cl- yeah. Okay. It'll be video that has to be approved, I guess, whatever the, the platform is, has to be approved by the Secretary of State. Gotcha. And obviously there's going to have to be some type of identification that you're going to have to do prior or during. That's right. We don't know exactly what that'll look okay. like if the person holds up the ID or, uh, you know, in front of the camera or what that's going to look yeah, like. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. okay. Any follow up question to that, Matt? No, I'm just going to sit here. No, I, I'm, I'm trying to think if that's going to be a pro or a con for residential or even any real estate transaction. Well, I think it's anything that helps <clears throat> speed and make closings easier. Cause I mean, I remember but during COVID I was signing closing docs in a car. Does speed really translate to effectiveness or quality of a closing? No, it's not, right. a, it's not a 
direct equation. So I'm trying to figure out why why they're doing that. I mean, the process now, as long as all parties do their job, is works pretty well, well I think. I think we'll see a few things. I think one, we'll see still in-person closings that are done paperless. Mm-hmm. Where you know you're, we've got the the client in the the um, our conference room with the t- TV or some projector, um, and they'll have an iPad or something like that, and they'll be able to review all the documents. They just won't have paper documents in front of them. Yeah, we'll probably offer that because there'll be some people that would would want that, and I'm sure the banks will accept the traditional correct format. Um, but there's also the remote component where you don't actually you're not in the same room correct. with with the buyer. Um, and, and some things that we've seen is, uh, you know, if you've got military personnel that are, yeah. you know, they may not be in the state, uh, their spouse may be, and they may be closing. We can do a POA in those circumstances, Correct. but sometimes it just, it would, it, this would make it easier. Just so would they eliminate mail away closings then, or would this process, see if you have a buyer in Northern California, it would allow, for you don't have to send a mobile notary anymore, right? Right. Yeah. I guess, and so. I, I guess, in, you know, looking at it that way. Um, the electronic and remote component, you, you would typically think that means lower level of service mm-hmm. for the attorney to the client. But if you do have a mail away, we really don't have, I mean, we always offer to say, Hey, call us and we'll go through your documents. If you'd like to over the phone, rarely do we have that happen. Yeah. Um, but if you're doing a remote online notarization closing, we would actually, you know, have a, a, a virtual face to face, uh, to go over the closing package. Yeah. What's the, like, I guess the one document that you kind of worry about the buyer not reviewing fully and understanding? Good question. That was a good question. question. That's probably the best. I felt that like build up and I was like, yes. Well, I saw, I saw like your eyes go across there because you're like, hold on, I'm forming a thought. (laughs) What is this thing my brain's doing? Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. So honestly, by the time they get there, it's, you know, to the closing, it's like, do you want the house? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot that they need to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the HUD is probably the most important thing for them to understand is the financial side of it. Most Correct. people understand if I don't pay my bill, the bank can foreclose. Right. That, you know, they know that going in. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the deed of trust is probably the most important document, but for them to understand is the settlement statement. We spend quite a bit of time at closing going over the settlement statement. So they know yeah. exactly what they're paying for, what they're getting for that. And, uh, kind of wh- where their money's going. Yeah. I mean, for me, that's the thing I spend the most time on people is the, the LE and the CD. And I'm pretty sure that's probably the same with the realtors and, and the closing attorney. Well, I mean, the the agents that at least on, on my team and everything, we, we spend time with that too, but it, it doesn't mean anything until it comes from the lender side. Right. Correct. And then you guys have to balance with the attorneys. Yep. So a lot of times there's a lot of law firms out there I've done business with that we don't see any sort of financial document until the closing table, even though we ask for it to be delivered to us via email a day or two before just so we can review it. Because I've been a part of some closings where taxes haven't been calculated correctly or something, and I call them out and you, you know, the attorneys start huffing and puffing, but it'd be nice to get ahead of that a day yeah. or two before closing. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely try to get it out as quickly as we can. Uh, you do. We stay on you guys. <laughs> it's these lenders, you know. Yeah, Especially all over the place. My preferred lender, uh, not you, Scott, uh, but another well, guy. He does a pretty good job of it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what, a, what a turd! Yeah. All right, you're up with the question because I brain hurt still. You good? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, um, you got a little little sweat bead coming here. So I think um, going into a crazy market. So I think all of us different 
parts of the real estate industry, we can all agree that the market's shifting. I think I asked you yesterday at a meeting we were at that, can you see that we're slowing down on the, the sales side of things? We're slowing down the lending side. Are you slowing down? Yeah. Okay. So what is something from the attorney's perspective that agents can do? Um, typically when business slows down, that's when more stuff comes to light, uh, either bad contracts or something. Are you okay? Yeah. Something, I guess, mis maybe misrepresented uh, in a transaction or omitted. What is something that an agent can do during these times that can help protect themselves and their firm coming from the attorney point of view? It's a really long question. Thank you. And discuss. Uh, well, you know, it depends on which side of the transaction you're on. Um, I guess I'll, I'll talk about both. As a, a um, listing agent, I would say, um, we talked about this at, at nauseum yesterday, but no representation is what I typically tell people to say. Um, on the, the Can we stop there? Hold on. Yeah. Okay, because I have questions about that. I understand no representation is pretty much saying, I don't know, figure it out to a buyer. That's right. Because North Carolina is a buyer beware state. Modified, yes. Modified. Basically, yeah. Okay. So how much, it, but you still have to disclose, obviously, material facts. You do not. You just can't, you can't conceal. As an agent, it's different than the, the seller. So if you know something as an agent that there's different standard than there is right. for the seller themselves. So, all right, let's, let's do hypothetical. Well, this, this is going to go down a long hole. I see it's going to be a good be, one. It's going to be awesome because yeah. it needs to be talked about. No one ever talks about this stuff. Yeah. So let's talk about it. So let's say that, um, <clears throat> we have a listing and I go do a listing presentation and there's a leaking roof. This major system in the house. I don't, I don't know. Cause I don't climb in the guy's attic during a listing presentation. Some agents might, um, I don't think that's a thing that we have to do that, but the seller decides not to disclose that because he thinks it's been repaired by a roofer, but it's still leaking. Whose responsibility is that? Well, there's, okay. So there's a couple of things you got to look at here. If, if they thought it was repaired, I would say they're, they're fine. Mm -hmm. uh, the seller is the, um, another factor that goes into these things is um, whether or not there was evidence that could have been found, you know, through re reasonable diligence. So mm -hmm. you as the listing agent don't really have any reason to go into the attic, but no. Uh, as a buyer, you would either want to go into the attic yourself or more likely hire an inspector. Yeah. And if, a, if an inspector shows a image of there's a, a wet spot on the roof and the, the buyer just ignores it, that's on them. Yeah. Or if they didn't get an inspection, it's on them. Um, and the, the seller doesn't have any duty to disclose that. But then the other is true though. So if I go, let's say I see water dripping from, uh, an AC event during my listing presentation, my fiduciary duty, well, actually my, I guess my legal obligation is I have to disclose that because, or not disclose it, but I have to figure out the source of that because it should be a reasonable, I mean, the definition of material fact is something that can be reasonably known that could deter a buyer from buying a property. Right. If I don't disclose it. Right. So to me, that's a major issue. Something's wrong. If, if you're, vent has water leaking out of it right yeah so as the listing agent i believe you do have you have to tell the other agent any material facts do you want to put a disclaimer there please call me and i'll discuss at a greater detail for a small fee i can i can tell you with certainty on the the buyer and and seller side on the uh, the real estate commission side i will i will say yeah i'm not a an expert on on y'all's rules and they change from time to time yeah, and that's yeah. not something that i typically keep up with because it's makes sense way to cover yourself it's not my problem so yeah. I, no i think uh all right so do you see any how often do you run into agents 
that have misrepresentations or even omissions of stuff like that in a contract or during a transaction. You would think that it would be more uh, happen more often with a, a down market, but it's actually the opposite. With uh, with people paying these ridiculous due diligence fees, you had a lot of buyer remorse and people yeah. coming and saying, "Oh, I found this and that. Can I get my money back?" No, typically no. Yeah. What do you see with that? Because that's been kind of a topic. It was like going forward. Is there going to be some lawsuits that are going to come out of that? You know, I'm sure there will be, um, but it's kind of tough to to get that money back once it's gone. Um, but even like they've been in the house a year or so now. Like, yeah, they well, find out that something wasn't disclosed correctly by whoever, right? Could there be potential lawsuits? There could be lawsuits there. Um, you know, they're going to have the burden as the buyer to, to prove that one, you know, that it couldn't have been found with reasonable diligence or that the the seller concealed it, actively concealed it or prevented them from finding it in some way. Like they painted over mm-hmm. a, a, you know, a stain or something yeah. like that. Um, or said, you know, don't go, no, nah, don't worry about going in the basement or yeah, yeah. something like that. And yeah. Um, but yeah, so but it's still on the that, buyer to get the inspection and do all. Well, that I think all the liabilities on the inspector to make sure that it's disclosed properly. Yeah. Um, I mean, those guys, there's some inspections I've been on that, uh, I was representing the seller and I mean, I, I pointed stuff out to an inspector. So it, it's like anything though. It's like find a good attorney, find a good agent, find yeah. a good inspector. It's an 80, 20 rule. Yeah. 20% actually probably a really good 80% could be bad and <laughs> don't know what they're doing. I think going into the market we're going into, kind of flatlining a little bit, will bring a lot of those agents, attorneys, lenders such as you, yeah, uh, kind of up to the forefront. Like, hey, like they're 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 what's, what's the saying? The cream rises to the top. Is sure, that, is that it? Is that... That's it. That's one of them. There's a lot of them. Okay, well that one there. That's a good one. Thank you. Uh, what you, kind of even though you said I wasn't a good lender, I'll still say that was a good. I mean, lender. you did. We did the deal this past week. Yeah, so it was good. Um, I don't have. I mean, you don't have any other questions? Not on that topic. Oh, okay. Yeah. What's on your notepad? We didn't get to that. What's bullet point two? Yeah. Point Pit, three. Pitfalls. Pitfalls. Yeah. Pitfalls of what? So things that happen. You know, as an attorney, it's my job to go and find problems if they exist, or make sure that there's no problems. But there are some things that you can find. Or, or at least it gives you kind of a, a, a heads up from the outset that, that agents could, could see and say, hey, you know, maybe we need to look into this before we yeah. make an offer, before we list this property. Let's just yeah. let's go. Let's, let's take a quick look, you know, because nobody wants to get, uh, you know, 30 days in and mm-hmm. it's not going to close because something else has to be done. Um, so things like if it, an estate's involved, if oh, you're yeah, selling property one. for heirs, um, you know, you might say, oh, well, this is the, I've got the executor. They're, they're going to sign the contract, so we're good to go. That's not necessarily the case. Uh, you know, typically you have to have all the heirs sign. Then you run into things like, okay, what if the heir is a minor? What if there may be a minor child. That creates a huge problem that you have to go through special proceedings or the estate. Um, either way, you have to go through a special proceeding. But there's just things you have to do before that you can actually sell the property and give marketable title to a buyer. So when you see those kind of things, that's a good, that's yeah. a, yeah. So, How, paper, rock, scissors. Do you ask? No, I'm going, I'm going first. Okay. All right. So what about in the event of a divorce? That's another one. Um, you know, you may have one spouse 
and the divorce may may not be final yet. Uh, may they may you know be or sep- know, legally separated. Legally whatever. separated. Yep. They they may have a separation agreement. You may need a free trader agreement for one spouse to to be able to uh, you know give good title to the buyer. So th- those kind of things. Yeah, you want to work those out now. You don't want to get you know down the road and and uh, the buyers you know already terminated their lease and. Um, yeah. And then they find out, oh, wait, there's all this other stuff that's got to happen before I can actually buy this house. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, a common one I'm starting to see, sadly, is uh, several phone calls over the last few weeks of clients that I've sold houses to over the, over the years where, um, I, sadly, their their family couldn't get through whatever, and they're going their separate ways. And um, the first time I dealt with a separation like that, you know, I always remember from real estate school, it takes one to buy two to sell. Right. Right. And trying to get the, everybody on the same page is a little difficult. So in this case, I will be calling my friends over at Brady Boyette, probably, yeah. probably Katie King. Yeah. Katie's a great one. She's a head of residential real estate. That's right. So I will call her. I didn't know she was a partner. Yeah. She made partner three or four months ago. How do I make partner? Do you have a law license? I do not. So you have to go back to school first. Yeah. <laughs> Nay, nay. Yeah. <laughs> Guess yeah, he's not doing that. Borrow a bunch of money. Perfect. Yeah. And then go yeah. back to school and, and then we'll talk. <laughs> you might get for, hair work like, for six years and you might get hair like Doug too. Yeah. He's got it. Hey, they can't see that. No, but it's a good head of hair. I'm not going to lie. I don't know. Who's got a better head of hair? You or him? Mm. Mine's grayer. Yeah. Yours is pretty gray. Oh, I'm going gray. I'm actually going bald, but yeah. It's Anyways, right. totally different yeah. topic there. But, um, yeah, I think, I think, uh, Divorce is a big one that we're going to see. Um, well, we continue to see, sadly. What's another pitfall that we need as agents or even a lender? Is there a pitfall that a lender needs to be made aware of on the buy side? Mm, I don't know that a lender. No, because mm. typically it's going to be on the, the, the list the side. Other yeah. but, the, but as a buyer, um, you know, I would say as a buyer's agent, if you see that it's the estate of is the seller or such and such executor, yeah, something like that as a seller, that's a red flag to say, I need to ask some more questions. Is um, that where we, as an agent, so we will see those kind of type of comments in the agent remarks in MLS. Is that where I say, you know, I reach right out to you guys. Hey, listen, my clients think about writing an offer on this property. I need you guys in right this second. And, and if so, what is, I'm sure there's an expense for the extra review on your end for a buyer. What does that look like? It depends. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of times it's going to be a matter of just going and um, looking in AOC and seeing if, if this estate has been open for a while or if they've run the notice to creditors. What's the AOC? Uh, it's the Administrative Office of Courts. It's like this really, really antiquated system that we have to check for judgments. And um, But it's basically anything that's filed at the court. Is coded into this system that looks like Pac-Man. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I want to see this system. Yeah. It's really, yeah, it's sweet. Do we have access to the system? You do not, but I do. Oh, mm. perfect. We'll talk offline. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you have to like, it's it's the only time I ever used the F keys. F keys. Oh. Yeah. You know, those keys. That F11. Are on top of your, I don't have them on my Mac. Uh, yeah. They did away with them. They brought them back now on Mac, but oh. uh, apparently there's like coders use them, but other than that, like, yeah, I, I don't know any other use for the F keys, um, but we have to use them in AFC. Nice. And so, but I can look and see, I can't see like the paper that was filed, but I can see a code of what was filed and when it was filed. So if I see that notice to creditors ran, that tells me we probably, we're probably okay. Yeah. Yeah. I have a question. 
So what what does the process look like on the lender side? I know, I know the high level stuff, but what does it look like? Not the lender side, sorry, the attorney side. When someone is going through a buy side close with you. So I bring a buyer to you. What are you guys working on on the back end? I know you're checking for good title. You're balancing numbers. You know all that stuff. What else are you doing? What does that look like? I want to know what they look for mm. with AOC. That's, that's good. Yeah. Well, it, it, again, it depends. If it's like new construction, there's some other things we have to look at. Um, Such as? Uh, well, liens from contractors typically is what we're looking at. Yeah. We need lien. Who all is in liens and C. It's the where uh, a lien agent's appointed, you know, Jerry's drywall files their lien until they get paid. Um, Damn Jerry. That's, yeah, yeah. Jerry's got to get paid. Jerry, you know. pay, him, pay the man. Pay the man. Come on, Jerry. So, all right. So, but other than that, if there is a lien, you either get it settled or settled at closing. Typically, those kind of liens are paid ahead of closing, and we just get lien waivers from the general contractor and all the subcontractors. But yeah. we want to have those. How often do you see that? Anytime there's new construction. On every new construction, you see that? Mm-hmm. So I just bought a new construction home. My attorney probably saw that. Yes. My preferred attorney. Yes. I, I use an attorney. <laughs> I had to use one. but So they. I didn't see. Would I ever see that as a buyer? Would no, I ever know that? You'll get your title insurance policy. That means that they checked everything off. Hmm. Oh, this is a good question. Title insurance. Explain to the masses title insurance. And by masses, all 15 people that listen yeah, to yeah. this. The dozen people. <laughs> hey, that's, that's good. I'll start somewhere. Yeah. Title insurance is the one thing when I get to, like, nobody, either they don't care or they just have never heard Most of it Most people before. don't care. Yeah. Um, yeah, the lender cares. The lender always cares. Correct. So if you're getting a loan, it's kind of like, I'll explain it to you, but you're going to get it anyway if you want to get the house. Yeah. If you're paying cash, if you don't want title insurance, then I'm going to say, okay, you don't have to get it, but I'm going to have you sign this waiver saying, you know, yeah. you, you, you didn't get it. You accept responsibility for that. Um, but what it does, it ensures over certain title defects that we might not be able to find. Or as an attorney, I'm human. I can make a mistake. If I made a mistake, it'll, you know, th- the title insurance will cover it, cure it for you. And then they'll probably come after me if it's a big enough claim. Yeah. Um, so that's how it keeps us up at night. Um, all those so title searches we did 10 years ago. The yeah. it, Basically, it's covering the chain of title that it's... it's Yeah, anything. So um, I've got a couple of good examples. Yeah, please. One, we, we had a case where, and this was one uh, closing that we handled, but I was asked to do a title search um, as part of litigation. We had uh, a, one heir basically signed a deed on behalf of, I think there was three other heirs. They inherited the property, um, and one heir forged the signatures of the other three, and it had it notarized. The notary was, you know, involved in it well, too. Yeah, you know, if I'm searching title, I see notarized signatures. That you know, I'm not. I'm gonna say that you know it's fine, but there's a title defect. Um, so the title insurance comes in, sues the, or basically pays off the other three heirs to get them to sign, and then probably goes after the. Notary. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. That poor notary. Yeah. So um, you kind of touched on it, but the difference between lender title insurance and owner's title insurance, because we always have to, we always put it on our right. LAs. Yeah. Well, the, the lenders is going to be the bulk of the expense when you get it. Yeah. And so anytime you're, you're getting a loan and buying uh, property, you should get owner's coverage too, because it's going to cost you like a fraction of what the, the lender's coverage costs. Um, but basically the lender wants to be, you know, they have the property as collateral. 
So they want to make sure that you've got good title to it because you're pledging that to them as collateral. You're, you're basically the lender is holding uh, has a a lien on the property. It's not a title defect, but it's on the chain of title. Um, so if somebody's ahead of them, that's that's bad for the lender. Yeah, and they want to be insured uh, for that as well. And so the lender is on the policy until it's paid off and then the owners kicks in. Well, I guess there's, or is there an extra layer there? Yeah, there's two. Uh, yeah. I mean, so typically you'll see the lender's policy is just the amount of the loan. Yeah. And then the owner's policy is the amount of the purchase price. Okay. So there's a, you know, that's, there's that difference in coverage. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. That's good to know. So do you think it's worthwhile to buy owners or both? Well, you have to have the lenders, right? Yeah. So then why would you ask me owners? Well, I was just making sure we were on the same page. Yes. You... <laughs> yes. I, yeah. I would definitely advise getting it. I mean, it's relatively cheap Yeah. Uh, because when there is, and there's, you know, it's cheap because there's not many claims. Right. I will say that. Um, but when there is a claim, it's usually big. So let's say you're in this environment now, and this is kind of going down a rabbit hole, but you're most likely going to refinance when you make the purchase a house right now. And it's saving you a hundred dollars, but would you suggest still them to get it so you would not have to get new owners coverage if you got it when you purchased okay when you refinance when you refinance okay they'll just be a lenders okay now is there a this is kind of going down another rabbit hole but if a borrower did a closing with you and you did the title search and all that stuff is there a discount if they do the refinance through you as well we our refinance rate is lower than um than our repurchase yeah anyway so but does it save you time or not necessarily um because typically we're going to tack to a prior policy anyway Mm -hmm. so and and you know we all all attorneys around here have access to pretty much the same i mean some you can get kicked off of a title insurance company's list knock on wood we're we're not yeah but um so we have access to the same kind of database of prior policies and that's what the first thing we do one of the first things we do once we open a file so we'll have somebody reach out to the title companies and, and find that prior policy. Gotcha. How do you guys identify what title insurance company to go with? It depends on a, a lot of things. Um, you know, there are a lot of, uh, I don't know how to put the, uh, yeah. <laughs> Got them. Got them. Um, there are a lot of. No rep. A lot of, a, a lot of different kind of fingers in the pot when it comes to title insurance across, uh, you know, between lenders brokers um attorneys you know we're the only ones that are you know kind of cut out i don't know yeah inspectors might even be involved now in surveyors but no um but yeah so a lot of times it's it's up to the the buyer i will say that like they they can choose ultimately um but like we were talking about before most of the time they don't really care know what it's about so they don't care where it comes from i had a lady come to the office that was trying to get me to uh recommend my attorney to use her. I mean, there's no, obviously no kickback or anything like that to us, but just for ease of you know, communication that, Hey, to our, our clients that we're representing on buy side, you know, here we know, I forget, I actually forget her name. We'll call her Jennifer. Here's Jennifer, Jennifer, meet Doug. You guys do your thing. Therefore there's an issue. I can go to Jennifer. I can go to Doug. And just anyway, I, I've never had anybody in my career come to my office, knock on my door and say, Hey, my title insurance rep and please use me. I'm sure you guys get those calls, but we get, yeah, we get 
you know, donuts and cookies and is that, all kinds is of that stuff. Is that allowable? Like, is that permissible for RESPA? Oh, we, we, we can't we we can have no ownership in it. So that, that, he's just, just eating cookies. the cookies. Yeah, yeah. get the man a donut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, when they start bringing by like ribeyes, we'll be in business. But Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. ribeyes. Yeah. yeah. I have a question. Totally random. How much CE do you guys have to do per year? Twelve hours. That's it. How how many how many hours do you have to do? Uh, depends on the state. But it's usually about eight. Yeah, we're eight. Twelve. Who puts it on? Uh, a lot of title companies will do it. Um, yeah, <laughs> trying to get our business. And, yeah, is there like a like a general update, and then you take like an elective, or is it twelve hours of just straight so, topic? No, there's there's like uh, different categories you have to do. Like, um, I think one's like substance abuse, one hour of that, um, ethics, I think two hours, and then I think the rest is general. Hmm. So just think realtors it. don't have to go through the substance abuse. <laughs> What are you trying to say? <laughs> no, we, we, no, I don't think I've ever sat through anything substance abuse. Uh, I'm sure there is somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. Um, I think there's like a tech one too, maybe an hour of tech. Um, but we, now we can do it all online and they just changed it to where it used to be they, you know, do it every year. You have to go and do like say that you did all your CE and everything. Um, but now they're doing like a roll in three year. So, you know, I think there'll be like a group of attorneys that, do their 12 hours this year and then they won't do it for another three years for 36 hours and it'll just roll like that. So, so I have another question back to the pitfall. Um, I'm not done yet. No. So with these, um, real estate companies that are buying houses, should buyers check with you about the same thing as like a divorce or a state? Like is, could there be any potential, title issues or things that could hold up closing if one of the bigger online firms are owning the houses. Right. Um, I would say not as much there. Now it, it is, that is something that I have written down here too, is corporate yes. entities. So you're on the right track. Um, I would say it's more often with the like lower, uh, you know, the, the investor that owns 10 properties. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That put it in like an LLC or something. Right. Yeah. And, you know, just making sure that you have the correct, I, you know, technically you should have like a corporate resolution or some, something showing authority for the person signing the contract. Mm -hmm. um, is that realistically, that's not the way it typically happens. You just accept the signature of whoever is the, the manager of the LLC or president of the company or whatever their title is. Yeah. Um, but when we do title work and, and we're, that's part of what we do is, we go look at the secretary of state. You, can, you can't accept everything that's on there. Uh, and sometimes it doesn't have all the information that you need on there. We'll then look for either bylaws or an operating agreement. If they don't have that, we'll have to get some kind of affidavit yeah. saying that this person is the owner of this company or has the authority to sign on behalf of the company. So this is good. So if people are out there that are going to become investors or already investors and they have LLCs, like what can they do to make sure that, when they want to sell their property, that's not, nothing's holding things up. Yeah. They just need to be prepared with some kind of corporate document. Um, and again, the, a lot of times people will think, Oh, well, it says I'm the manager on the secretary of state. Well, that's, that's good. Yeah. But we need something, you know, a lot can happen between when you filed your last annual report and, and when you sell the pro you know, or selling the Great. property. So I typically like to have more than that. I like to have something current saying, you know, this is, 
this person is the member of the company, this person's the manager of the company, they don't have an operating agreement, then we can look at statute and say, yeah, you know, that they have the authority under statute to to sign on behalf of the company. And is that the kind of the same process that you have for like the the bigger companies? Yeah, they just typically have all their paperwork together. Yeah, because uh, they're doing it over and over and over again. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure like their turnover rate in those positions could be high. Right. And so they just kind of fill it in and update their policies. That's right. Uh-huh. And and I mean we had we had one recently that had like had like sixty VPs on there that could sign and I was like, That's <laughs> just pick one. <laughs> just pick one. Just pick one. The closest yeah. one. Mm. Yeah. Mobile notary. What? what? What else do you have on your list? That's that's about it. That's it? By the no, way, you, you, you some... grew crushing this, by the way. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. He uh, stayed up all night and... Took notes? No, I think he did, like, mirror affirmations. Like, mm-hmm. looking in the bathroom mirror, like, I'm going to crush this. Yeah. I am somebody. I did not mirror. Uh, my voice warm up on the way yeah. here. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> Singing to yourself. Yeah, what's yeah. the warm-up thing that they do? The, the red leather, yellow leather. Yeah. <laughs> See, he knows it. He did, he did on the way here. All right, so uh, do you have one more question? How many minutes are we at right now? We've got, this is the longest one so far. Congrats. Thanks. Yeah. Maybe we should get a title company in here to bring us a donut or Go celebratory on. cookie. Yeah. Next time. Uh, talk to us about the process, I guess the difference of you guys getting licensed in South Carolina and what that's going to do for your business, do you, do you think? Yeah. So our um, our newest associate, Hillary McLeod, uh, She's not McLeod anymore. Can she got married? She got married. Congrats. Congrats, Hillary. Um, but yeah, she, I don't know if she's changed her name officially yet, so she might still be McLeod. What's her new married name? Hillary. Jones? Smith. No, but his name is Tom. I can't <laughs> think of his last name right now. Congrats, Tom. Um, what, what were you asking? <laughs> <laughs> like the, what, what's Hillary going to do I guess to add value to your North Carolina practice by joining South Carolina's right whatever yeah so she was just admitted to the bar in South Carolina I think the biggest thing for us will be on the commercial real estate side uh, we have a, a we've done I've actually got a deal going in South Carolina right now that I'm working the corporate side and, and helping out with that and um, some of the kind of tax side uh, with with how we have it structured but um, we had you know, three or four commercial deals in South Carolina last year. And I think we'll, we'll have some more, um, residential. We'll have to see how that goes. I mean, at some point it might be worthwhile to open an office somewhere on the border or something like Tabor that. city Yeah, or Chadbourne. Yes. We you, should, to, you should go to Chadbourne. We, we, we haven't, uh, yeah, we're not revealing our site yet. Cool. So, Insider Chad, information. Chadbourne is pretty tight. It's a nice place. Yeah. Well, I know for me, uh, I have investment property in South Carolina, so I'll use him with my investment property. I'm a giver. See how this this is whole reciprocal thing. What? Nothing. I didn't hear you. Yeah. So I, I mean, I think that part could be huge. I get people all the time asking for a referral. Um, how do I get license or uh, for me to find them a licensed agent or a licensed lender or somebody? But now you throw a business your way. Yeah. Scott won't do that though. Scott will. Yeah. I mean, especially for investors that uh, are located in the triangle or, or mm-hmm. closer to us that probably wouldn't want, you know, it might make it a little easier to have face to face rather than either doing a mail away or traveling yeah. to South Carolina. Yeah. Where, where do you just have offices here in Raleigh or do you have some in other locations? We've got the one in Wake Forest. 
yeah, it's pretty yeah, nice. Yeah. It's pretty nice. I heard it is. Yeah. I haven't been there yet. That guy's awesome. The yeah. landlord. Yeah. But um, yeah, he's great. No. Anything else? What's uh, like a one send off type thing? Um, no rap. Give us a call. Okay. If you need anything. Uh, I'll put all your contact information in the link. Great. Yeah. Things below. Is yeah. That what just, people say? Uh, no, uh, you know, we're um, full service with uh, uh, several different practice areas. We've got uh, state administration, estate planning, business planning, uh, corporate law. So, uh, and, and we're kind of, uh, I feel like we hold ourselves out a little bit differently than maybe some other real estate firms that just do real estate. Um, we want to see you back again. We want to see our clients back again. And we, uh, we pride ourselves on being available uh, by phone, email. If you if you don't get me, I'm gonna call you back at probably within an hour. Um, but yeah, just uh, if you need anything or if you're happy where you are, if anything changes, give us a call and we'd be happy to to work with you. Nice. Have you done a deal with him yet? Yeah. Have you? Yeah. What did you do? A few. Really? Yeah. Refinances? No. Purchases. Really? Yeah. Wow. Because of your relationship with him? No. Oh, okay. Mm, that makes sense. No. no. Were they yours? Probably no, he, not. he doesn't send me anything. No, my other lender, he's excellent though. <laughs> no, I will tell you. I mean, I, I kind of said it beginning, or I, I said it yesterday during our other meeting. There, they definitely, his firm definitely communicates better than anybody I've ever seen. So, yeah, kudos. That's key for us. We like to have you know buyers, sellers come back. You know, if they need yeah. estate plan updates, people coming in from out of state, smart. Um, so yeah, we like to be there for them and it, you know, as life goes on, things change. We want them to have a good experience. So they'll come back. Are you guys going to open up any other offices in North Carolina anytime soon? You know, the way things are right now, I think we're kind of just, uh, hanging tight. Mm-hmm. I think everybody is. Yeah. And then, but to answer your question, it's not out of the question at all. Yeah. I think that's probably the goal, um, to expand a little bit, but yeah, I mean, it's nice in our business. We can, we can reach you know, outside of our geographic market, uh, and do work for, for a lot of different areas. Cause you know, most of this stuff is online recording and, yeah. right. um, so yeah, we, uh, it's not as necessary to open up 10 different offices, I guess today as maybe it was. Yeah. 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 I mean, everything's going to change. It sounds like with this whole, what virtual signing, e-signing, what do you, what do you guys call it? Ron, Ron remote online notarization. Ron. I did not make that up. Ron. Uncle Ron. I have so many one-liners I can say right now, but I'm, I'm going to stop. That's good. Ron. Yeah. Ron. Ron. Tron. All right. I'm done. Yeah, we're done. Thanks for Thanks coming. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. We'll have appreciate you back, Ron. It.